Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to yet again another episode of the Bait to Heal Community Podcast. We are rolling to the end of Leviticus. This is exciting stuff. This is Ryan Cabrera, and I am in studio today with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Hello. Shalom. And we are studying Behu Kotai. Now, hopefully I pronounced that right for Sounds uh, good. my Hebrew scholars out there. Sounds it means really good. in my decrees, which is Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 through the end of Leviticus, which ends in chapter 27, verse 34. Very good. You know, just a little introduction to Leviticus here as we close out the final portion. Uh, I've got my tissues ready. Uh, Leviticus is my favorite book, and I'm saying goodbye to it and uh, going into the book of Numbers. But uh, Leviticus, it is so named because it records the duties of the Levites. The Hebrew name for the book, the first word of the Hebrew text, means, and he called... This title is representative of the content and purpose of the book, namely the calling of God's people, and in particular, the calling of the Levites to minister before him. This third book of Moses is a primer for the moral and ethical instruction of the chosen people of God. Once again, you know, we are a nation of priests, the kingdom of priests, and so uh, Leviticus is incredible here. Uh, Of course, the theme is, you shall be holy. Boy, don't we need that in the world in which we live today. You shall be holy. Leviticus starts with consecration, ends with consecration. Love it, love it. Once again, remember the book of Exodus started with a groan, ended in glory. Once again, this, this is a process. We have chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God. The way to God. I love how this is broken up. So we have redemption, and of course we have the Day of Atonement as well in that mix. Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. It's about restoration and of course the year of Jubilee. And all throughout it is holiness, holiness, holiness. You know, um, one of the things about coming to the knowledge that the Torah is relevant for today is the realization that a lot of the things that we've been told as just regular evangelical Christians were uh, either Old Testament or we associated it either consciously or subconsciously with the commandments of men. When we see things in the New Testament talking about things of man, you know, so on and so forth, that somehow a lot of the things that we were reading in Leviticus got lumped into that that boat and got kind of thrown out with the bathwater, so to speak. And what's cool is... You know, God does things on purpose. Would you agree that God does Absolutely. things? Absolutely. I think everything has a reason and a purpose. We watched a, a, an Olive Beta video last night, and it, and it talks about the at-bash of how, you know, the Leviticus is the center of the Torah, and then at the very center of Leviticus is uh, Yom Kippur, the, the, the you know, regulations and the things that go about for the Yom Kippur service. And, I, you know, it was just like kind of dawned on me the fact that, you know, we've been going through Leviticus and there's all these things and we're kind of just casting down a lot of these preconceived notions that people have about Torah, about Leviticus, about God, God's ways, and saying, this is what God prescribed, not what man prescribed. And praise God that we have a, a high priest, not after the Levitical priesthood, but after the, the priesthood of Melchizedek, as it says in Hebrews, about Yeshua. But the point is, is that this is a a framework for us to look at and say, 
this is relevant for today, and what can I get out of this? How can I apply this to my life? And I think it's important that everybody takes Leviticus seriously and looks at it from that perspective. You know, that's really cool. I mean, the thing is, you know, like I said, Leviticus is the meat of the Torah. To the left is Genesis and Exodus. To the right is Numbers and Deuteronomy. So that'd be like the bun and the lettuce. And <coughs> Absolutely. The cheese. Numbers yeah. is cheese. Where's the beef? Oh, wait. That's a Wendy's commercial. <laughs> Tomato and then bun. Where's the beef? Yeah. Um, here we go. We're going to go right into this. Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 4. What was the Lord going to give his people in due season? Uh, rain. Boy, we need the rain, don't we? Uh, early and latter rain, you know, the plant like barley and wheat at the same time in late fall. And then, of course, in the spring, we know we have uh, uh, the barley coming up. And then right after that, the wheat. But the remember, barley represents the Jewish people, and wheat represents the nations or the goyim, the Gentiles. That's correct. And remember, this is an if-then statement. If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain and due season. You know, I uh, because we're going into... Uh, the seasons that we are in, um, it's interesting that last Sunday we had a nice rain, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to go out by the pool, but it just didn't work for me. You know, I was a little disappointed with the rain. rain was inconvenient for me on Sunday. But then I thought, you know what? This is really going to help, you know, get rid of some pollen. Yeah. Well, I was, ho- I was, dust. I was getting uh, hay for the sheep. I had to cover it with a tarp, you know, I mean, just, it was just, it, it caught me. I got soaked at some point because of something I was doing. It just, not, not good. But it was a blessing. From and the here we go. Here we go. Leviticus chapter 26, verses 5 through 8. Was the Lord going to bless the children of Israel in the land and cause their enemies to fall by the sword? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 9. What did the Lord want to establish with his people? He said he wants to establish his covenant. For I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. Amen. You know, I just want to remind everyone, if you go back to the original covenant of the Mosaic Covenant, uh, it is conditional. And and I'm not going to go into the reading of it, but, but basically what the Lord said was this, you know, I'm making this covenant with you. I want you to keep my covenant and hear my voice. Yep. Or hear my voice and keep my covenant. That's right. So I'm going to bring this point out because here's the thing. We did two cycles of the prophets. It took us 18 months to do one cycle of the prophets. Then we did it again. So a total of 36 months it took us to go through two cycles of the prophets, the minor prophets and the major prophets. And I only tell you this because it's very interesting that every rebuke from the prophet was the two things. You have broken covenant with God, and you no longer listen to his voice. So I want to encourage all of you that if you speak on behalf of the Lord, what are you really saying? You had better be careful because I don't see anywhere in the scriptures where it says that we are to bash the church. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says we are to call out ministers and ministries and bash them and, and, and accuse them, you know, and slander them. I just don't see it. And so once again, he wants to establish his covenant. So what's happening in the earth today, because the Father's writing Torah on minds and hearts all over the world... Uh, he, he's, he's making us aware. And so we are returning. We are coming back to the Mosaic Covenant. What, what's happened is the church skipped Mount Sinai. Now we all have to go back and receive these teachings and instructions. Incredible. Amen. And then, of course, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 12, who was going to walk among the children of Israel? God himself. You got to say that to yourself, man, I am walking with God. 
Why? Because that's what chapters 18 to 27 in Leviticus. I am walking with God. What's a sign that you're walking with God? You're keeping the Shabbat, Leviticus 23. That's the chapter that falls under walking with God. I'm keeping the Shabbat. I'm keeping the feast days. And you can say, I am walking with God. Yeah, and it, you know that's the promise of the covenant is that uh, it says, "And I will walk among you, and uh, and will be your God, and ye shall be my people." You know, I want to share something with you, Ryan, in my own personal experience. But let's just do Leviticus twenty six sixteen first before I expound on this in my own personal experiences as a spiritual leader sure. or a pastor. Uh, what was God going to appoint over the children of Israel if they broke His covenant? Get this: it's terror. 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 Boy, isn't that a common word that's used today in our culture? Is the Torah relevant for today? It sure is. Listen, Ryan, (laughs) in all my years of experience, anybody that was in their Hebrew roots and got out, they're miserable. Their lives are not as good as it could have been had they had stayed in it. Because now you've been exposed to the truth. You've tasted the Lord. You're accountable. And then you you want to walk away. Right. It doesn't work. You'll have shipwrecked faith. That's right. And and, uh, as a father would chastise his, his children because he loves them, uh, we need to understand this. Um, so in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 17, we're moving on here. Was the Lord going to punish his people if they broke covenant with him? Yes. I mean, think about it, right? Is this applicable to today? Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. Now we're going to have a long list here. It says here in Leviticus chapter 26, verses 16 through 39. Check the following boxes for the things that would happen to the children of Israel if they broke covenant with him, I'm going to have Ryan read this list of check marks. This is what's going to happen if they broke covenant with, with Yahweh. So the first thing we've already covered was terror. Uh, number two is the heaven as iron and the earth as brass, meaning that, that you're going to not have rain. He's going to close up the heavens and that the earth will not yield its produce, which comes into the third thing, which is no fruit on their trees. Uh, number four, wild beasts robbing them of their children. Uh, then it comes into bringing a sword upon them, pestilence. Uh, here's the one that's really bad. Eat the flesh of their sons and daughters. And this has happened on more than one occasion throughout history. This is a historical record. Uh, make your cities waste, scattered among the heathen. I mean, we're looking at that right now. Amen? Uh, faintness in their hearts. Uh, no power to stand before your enemies. Perish among the heathen, and they shall pine away. So once again, Leviticus chapter 26, verses 1 through 13 are the blessings. And now, of course, we have verses 14, I want to say, to verse 39. Uh, These are the punishments. This is what's going to happen. This is unbelievable. I mean, this is not a good thing uh, in Leviticus 26. Let's look at this. Uh, Leviticus chapter 26, verses 40 through 42. Did the children of Israel have to confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers? For God to remember the covenant he made with them. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, we had a special trip, um, I want to say back in 2007, uh, to Bethel, uh, the city of Bethel. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the story, you can look up Jeroboam. Uh, he was the leader of the northern kingdom, or he was the king of, of the north. And uh, Rehoboam was the king of the south. Uh, when uh, Solomon passed away, and, and the kingdom was divided, Ryan, the kingdom was divided. And so I only tell you this story because I know that uh, on this particular trip, I was not able to go, but I sent my entourage, I sent my good spies to the land to actually do something that the Father had laid on my heart. Uh, He put on my heart to tell them that they need to go to Bethel and ask forgiveness for the sins of Jeroboam. And those three main sins, and you can go back and study it later, 
was the simple fact that they broke away from Judah, which is, of course, a picture of anti-Semitism today. Number two, they changed the capital to Bethel and Dan instead of Jerusalem. And the third thing that was done by Jeroboam was that he changed the feast dates. How is that relevant for today, Ryan? Well, I'll tell you what, why it's relevant. It's because we celebrated pagan holidays. So if you take those three things and we ask for forgiveness and we, of course, uh, we correct those things, then God will bring us back into this uh, restoration um, period of time. And so uh, once again, uh, they were able to actually go into Judea, Samaria, which is, you know, not a place where the tourists actually go. And they were able to take some public transportation and go to Bethel and find a park and ask for forgiveness. And Ryan, that's when everything started just kicking off and taking off and things started happening that we took the appropriate steps. And because it says right here, did the children of Israel have to confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers for God to remember the covenant he made with them? So that was actually done. So check this out. Yeah. So, so you were talking about this last night, and I'll be very quick with this, but this was super relevant because I want you to think about something. Um, 2007, you guys are asking for forgiveness, and 2008 uh, is prophetically a significant year uh, for a couple of reasons, but not the least of which is if you look in Ezekiel, and so we were talking about what Deuteronomy, or uh, I'm sorry, in Leviticus, I will, I'll punish you seven more, uh, times more for your sins, and it says that you know several times, and then it goes to, uh, and so that's in Leviticus 26.18, uh, again in verse 21, again in verse 24, and again in verse 28. So I'll punish you seven more times. And for that's your Leviticus sins. 27, which we'll be heading towards. Correct. So then uh, in Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 5, uh, is where, if you remember the prophet Ezekiel, he's laying on his right side for 70, um, uh, for 70 years for the house of Judah, and then on his other side for 390 years for the house of Israel. So here's what happens. If you multiply 390 by 7, you get the number 2,730. So that's 2,730 years of captivity, of punishment, whatever. So we, we take a look at when did the house of Israel go into captivity? Well, it was in 722 B.C., according to historical records. Well, if you take 722 B.C. and you fast forward 2,730 years, what year do you get, Pastor Nick? You get 2008. You get 2008. So, I mean... If you're not hearing from the Lord, right? I mean, just think about this for a second. Pastor Nick's hearing from the Lord saying, we need to go and we need to repent because our redemption draweth nigh. Amen? Just to make a little correction here, uh, basically in Ezekiel uh, chapter 4, he had to lay on his side uh, for the house of uh, Judah. That was the, of course, uh, I do believe it's the, uh, he, he laid on his uh, right side for Judah for 40 days, which represents 40 years, but it's a time of testing, not 70. That's just what I just meant. so we clarify that. That's what I meant. So anyway, uh, this is what's going down, and it's very interesting how relevant it, it truly is. I mean, you know, if I stop and look at my parents or grandparents or great-grandparents, I mean, there's no indication of Hebrew roots at all. No, yeah, for just sure. It's non-existent. Mine are still resistant. <laughs> and so we're not going to go there. But But the bottom line is that, you know, we have to uh, ask for forgiveness. You know, it even goes into Jeremiah talking about, you know, we have inherited lies from our fathers. Uh, and, I, and I know that a lot of our generations are, are, you know, are innocent. They're ignorant of this. But once we reflect on it, we can actually uh, uh, straighten it out because iniquity comes through the family line. That's right. Uh, and that's why you have to break the iniquities. You have to break the iniquity, whatever it is, the pattern of sin. So we're going to move into Leviticus chapter 26, verse 42. 
I'm going to have Ryan read that. All right, here we go. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, and also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember, and I will remember the land. Wow. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob, and also my covenant with Isaac, and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember, and I will remember the land. So there we have the great patriarchs in Leviticus 26.42. Uh, he's going to remember the covenant. I love that. And he will remember the land. So an incredible thing happened on May 14th, 1948. Israel became a nation celebrating 70 years. Uh, and so once again, we are living in exciting times and taking a trip uh, to Israel uh, this fall. If you're interested, contact Beit Tehillah Congregation. We will get that, get you that information. It's going to be an incredible tour. And Hanok is going to be our tour guide. Uh, Now we're going to go into the laws about dedication uh, in chapter 27. Laws about dedication. Let me read the first two verses here. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When a man shall make a singular vow, the persons shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. Okay. So now we're going to break down the estimation for each age group. Uh, each gender, male and female, and here it goes. Once again, you can reflect on this uh, later. Uh, so, list the estimations for a male and a female and the age group. Uh, a, uh, this is found in Leviticus chapter 27, verses 3 through 7, right out of the gate. A uh, male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old, shall be 50 shekels of silver. So I would fall into that category. Uh, 50 shekels of silver, a male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. So I'm 50. I would fall under the 50 shekels of silver. This gets very interesting. Even if you if you have children, you need to be thinking about this. Uh, and you can reflect on that later. Uh, a female shall be 30 shekels. Okay. Uh, and that, of course, uh, goes on to say, from five years old unto 20 years old, for a male, it shall be 20 shekels. And for a female... 10 shekels. So I'm thinking about my little Briella. She's five. She's a female. She's only 10 shekels. Seems like the males are more more expensive. Moving on here. If it be from a month old, even unto five years old, for a male, it shall be five shekels of silver. And for a female, three shekels of silver. I'm not going to think about all my children and your children, Ryan, but I do think about Eva. She's two and a half. She falls under that one. Three shekels of silver for little Eva. If it be from 60 years old and above, for a male, it shall be 15 shekels. And this must be like the AARP discount. <laughs> and for the female, 10 shekels. You know, if you're over 60, it's, it's, that, it's that amount of shekels. So very interesting in the estimation, in the dedication, the different uh, amounts that are given there. And once again, there's a value to the vows. There's a, there's a value to the estimation and the dedication. And that's what I find very, very interesting in that regard. So we're going to move on to Leviticus 27.8. Was there provision for a person who could not afford the estimation? Maybe you could read that, Ryan. Read that verse, Leviticus 27.8. Was there provision for a person who could not afford the estimation? For sure. So it says here in verse 8, But if he be poorer than thy estimation, then he shall present himself before the priest, and the priest shall value him according to his ability that vowed shall be pre shall the priest value him so it's a it's like a a, a means tested scale right so think about whether you're a male or female no matter what your age is there's your estimation there's the value right which is really cool and now we're going to get into 
uh, we're going to get into like beasts, houses, and fields being dedicated. Uh, and so we're going to begin with, of course, uh, we're going to read Leviticus chapter 27, verse 10. Ryan's going to read that to you. All right, so here it is, 2710. He shall not alter it, nor change it, a good for a bad, or a bad for a good. And if he shall at all change beast for beast, then it and the exchange thereof shall be holy. It even goes on to say in verse 11, And if it be any unclean beast, of which they do not offer a sacrifice unto the Lord, then he shall present the beast before the priest. And the priest shall value it, whether it be good or bad, as thou valuest it. Who art the priest, so shall it be. But if he will at all redeem it, then he shall add a fifth part thereof unto thy estimation. So here's a dedication of a beast. Very interesting. Uh, And so we see that. We're moving on now into the house. Uh, Leviticus chapter 27, verses 14 and 15. Could a house be sanctified? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So there's your beast. There's your house. Uh, Leviticus twenty-seven sixteen. Could a field be sanctified? Uh, yes. Absolutely. So time and places can be dedicated. Can be holy. Can be holy things. Um, and of course, uh, Leviticus chapter twenty-seven verses thirteen and fifteen. How much was added to the object that was sanctified, excluding the estimation? Uh, this is going to be one fifth. Which is twenty percent. One fifth. Yep. One fifth. It's and it's going to be twenty added onto the estimation. Do you see how the value increases? It's like one of those. It's like a, it's, it's not really a hidden cost. It's like oh, I got to pay the estimation. Oh, and then one fifth on top of that. Right. Okay, I see how that works. Uh, Leviticus chapter twenty-seven, verse twenty-six. Getting into the firstborn. Uh, here, here we go. Is the firstling of the beasts sanctified to the Lord? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting uh, when you look at the story of the Exodus. Why is it that God could take the firstborn, Ryan? Why is it that he could just go and just take the firstborn? Because the firstborn belongs to the Lord. The firstborn belongs to the Lord, Amen. whether you believe that or not. Yeah. And that's why if you are a firstborn and you're listening to this podcast, there's a big responsibility to the firstborn. They're not greater than the other siblings in your family if you have more than... Um, you know, one brother or sister or whatever. But the bottom line is that the firstborn carries on the family name, uh, carries on the morals and the values of the name of the family, and, and of course the destiny and the inheritance of the family. And we can get into all that later, but, but that's just the bottom line. Uh, Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 28, every devoted thing is most what unto the Lord? Holy. Wow, holy. Holy, holy, holy. You know, it's interesting is we have an incredible, beautiful sanctuary that, you know, we we have a temple and and we just really want to keep it holy. Uh, You know, we don't play bingo in there. We don't have rollerblading or big dinners, you know. We want to keep that area holy, the sanctuary, a a holy place, you know, and people feel that and they know that, you know, we just had a guest here this last week and and he really felt God's presence and he felt our love and, and, and that's a good sign. Uh, it is, you yeah. know, because because you know you can go to a lot of different churches and experience different things, but if you don't experience God's love or His presence, then really it's just the YMCA. I mean, it's just an event hall. <laughs> so let's let's finish up here uh, in Leviticus chapter twenty-seven and verse thirty. I'm going to have Ryan read that particular verse. 
and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Wow. You know, you think about the tithe, you know, tithing is a principle, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, and some people feel like, well, 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 look, you know, look at what the church is doing with the money and look at this pastor. He's got right. three houses and two boats and a helicopter. And the, But listen, tithing is a principle. That's right. It has nothing to do with what they did with it. That's right. It's a principle. You just find another church to go to that's going to, you know, use the tithe a little more wisely. But the bottom line is that tithing is a principle. I had a, uh, I had a conversation with a, a church elder at a previous church, and we were having a conversation. And, and within the evangelical movement, you know, the Old Testament, quote-unquote, is, is done away with. And, and so is the principle of tithing, quote-unquote. And uh, we were talking, and, and I, you know, at that point in my life, I was already giving 10%. And they start talking about how, well, 6%, but listen, 6%, this is a lot of money. And they were, like, stressing, listen. Look, I mean, I make good money. 6% is a lot of money. And I was like, man, like, that was like the right over their head. You know, like, hey, did you know that if you gave 10% that God would probably bless the other 90 and you'd have even more money? I mean, do you ever think about that? What's the 6%, Ryan? I don't get it. That's the amount that they were given. I mean, it's just, that's the number they gave. I guess they were giving, I want to say arbitrarily. And so when they calculated it at the end of the year, because um, I guess in order to apply to be a member of the board of that particular uh, congregation, they were required to take a look at their finances and say, hey, are you doing this, X, Y, Z? Well, that's you know? interesting. And I was thinking, wow, 10% is the minimum, right? If, if Yeshua came and doubled down on everything and made it even, you know, to a higher extent, then isn't the giving part portion part of that, that, that that's been, you know, kind of... Uh, increased, or or that he said, hey, if you even look on a woman with lust, then you've committed adultery. If you even have anger in your oh, heart, oh yeah, for your Yeshua brother. takes Torah to a whole other level, right? So I would think that the Raises tithe the bar. would be another example uh, that we could say this is a principle, right? That God's trying to get something to us, not take something away from us, and this is the minimum standard. Amen. Well, you give to what you believe in, and, and what too. is the Lord going to work with in regards to you reap what you sow, right? You know, and, and it's amazing to me. Uh, so uh, in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 31, how much more would a person have to give if they must redeem their tithe? Uh, this is going to be one-fifth. Which is 20%. Right. To redeem the tithe. 20%. Right. Very interesting. You know, so there you have a, uh, the conclusion to the book of Leviticus. And uh, once again... Uh, we appreciate you joining with us, and uh, I'm going to have uh, Ryan read the very last verse in Leviticus uh, chapter 27 and verse 34. Here we go. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. So they Woo! were hanging out. If you, if you go back and look back at the time frame, they literally hung out at Mount Sinai for, for nearly a year. Wow, yeah. And then you'll see where they journeyed on to... to a total of 42 campsites, which is incredible. But once again, this is this is the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. So we would to uh, go ahead and conclude the book of Leviticus uh, with actually a, uh, a Hebrew statement here. Uh, and it is, Hazak, Hazak, Venish Hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. And we always say this at the conclusion of the book of Leviticus. We know this does not go into effect until this Friday, uh, the conclusion of the book of Leviticus. But I want to encourage all of you that are listening that the Torah portions are prophetic. And as we go into the book of Numbers, we're really going to be looking at 
the behavior of the people, the examples of the people, our, our forefathers, and how basically the Lord does not want us to make the same mistakes that they made. So I want to encourage you as we begin to go into the book of Numbers, how many of you are familiar with cross-references in your Bible? I have actually a key word study Bible. If some of you are wondering, well, Pastor Nick, what, what Bible do you recommend? This is a Hebrew-Greek keyword study Bible, red letter edition. Uh, it's It's got the uh, thumb tabs and everything. Uh, but the bottom line is that... Uh, what I love about this particular book is that the cross-references are incredible. So what I want to submit to you is that if we do go into the book of Numbers and you see these cross-references in the New Testament, you know it is applicable to you today. You know, And the example is we do not want to make the mistakes that they made. But guess what? People are making them. And oh, so yeah. we don't want to repeat uh, the mistakes. We want to have uh, a chance to be overcomers and to come out. Uh, come out of the gate uh, in a good way. So once again, hazak, hazak, vanish hazik, uh, be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. And uh, Mr. Ryan is going to be sharing with you uh, in regards to the counting of the Omer. Yes, I am. All right. So if you've been following along, you know that we are uh, in anticipation for the 50th day, the day of Pentecost, the day of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks that is coming. And we are currently on day 38. As of uh, last night at sunset, we are in day 38. And guess what? Wednesday night at sunset begins the 40th day, which is the anniversary of the ascension of Yeshua, when he rose from the earth and the disciples watched him go into the sky. And the same way that he went up is the way that he's going to come back down. And so... Here's what's cool. We're going to count it. It's a very simple way for us to keep a command of the Lord that we can say, Lord, I'm on your team, and here's the way I'm going to show it. And so today is the 38th day of the counting of the Omer, which is five weeks and three days of the counting of the Omer. And so we're going to say the blessing, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kidshanu B'mitzvatav Vitzivanu Al Sifarat HaOmer. And in English, blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and commands us to count the Omer. Amen. How awesome is that? Super easy. We're anticipating that 50th day. And again, Wednesday night. Again, Wednesday night and all day Wednesday. That is the anniversary of the ascension of Yeshua. The so, 40th day. The 40th day. So very Wednesday night to Thursday night. That's right. Very cool stuff. So uh, you guys know that if you want to reach out to us, you can see us on the web. We live stream our Saturday services, which start at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and you can find those services at topraise.net. You can also get them on YouTube, Facebook, and I believe a couple other venues, maybe Instagram as well. Um, so if you're following us on any of those social media platforms, you should be able to catch a live service at 11 a.m. on Saturdays. Uh, you can also get other resources at our website at topraise.net. Uh, and if you have any questions or need anything, you can email me at ryan at topraise.net. And then you can also call our office and speak to someone here at the office at uh, area code 813-654-2222. God bless you guys. Have a great week.